excited today welcome to the marty mars show episode two the title of this episode is called young fly and save um i'm definitely very excited today because i have a, a very special guest um long time friend who i haven't seen in a while we were just now catching up um, so i'm very excited to have her on and i will introduce her shortly and then talking about today's episode of being young fly and save um the uh, the message of this 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 um episode is really talking about being in Christ and how you can still be in Christ, but still, you know, enjoy the things of this world without being worldly. Um, and the message of Christ, what I found that gets a lot of people confused is they think that being in Christ, um, you can kind of do what you want to do and still follow Christ. And that's, that's not the message. The message in Christ is once you follow him is to be reborn, um, you know, and that's renewing your mind, renewing your spirit. Once you are in Christ, you cannot do the same things that you did before you got saved. I'm going to say that again. Once you are in Christ, you cannot do the same things that you did um, before you got saved. You know, you have to, some things you have to let go. Um, so that's kind of what Christ is being about. There's other things to it as well as praying, ministering to people, fasting. There's a whole bunch of things that are entailed in the body of Christ. Um, but that's not limiting ourselves just because, you know, doing one thing means that I'm good, right? We have to embody everything that Christ asks us to do. Um, so I just wanted to share that little snippet about what being in Christ is about. However, in this episode, as we speak with our special guest, we will get into further detail about these things of Christ. Um, we have an awesome episode today. We have an awesome guest. Um, it's it's going to be dope. So let's, let's bring her in. Um, as you see her on the screen, her name is Miss Shannon Howe, shout out to Miss <laughs> Shannon Howe, and let me let me introduce her the right way. Um, so I got this. Let, let me bring her in. Give me a second. Let me make sure it's right. Miss Shannon Howe, she is a high school educator and an inspiring administrator. Um, her love for teaching has pushed her to continue to empower people and families in multiple areas of their lives. She's also the CEO. Uh oh, y'all, she's a boss. She's the CEO and creator of the hair company um, entitled, or titled, excuse me, Kinky Curly Couture. And, her, mm. and she has obtained her certification as a hair loss practitioner to help her clients and customers acquire a healthy self-perception and gain proper education and healthy hair practices. So she can hook y'all up for y'all ladies that's, you know, yeah, around the edges. <laughs> and lastly, she also um, shows her compassion for people by relentlessly serving her community and proudly in various auxiliaries in her local church, which is PhD Ministries, uh, which is located in Wilmington, Delaware. Is that correct? Yes, sir. So again, I would like to welcome Ms. Shannon Howe. Can we give it up for Ms. Shannon? <laughs> Thank you. Put the claps on me. <laughs> <laughs> so Shannon, you, I'm very man. excited to have you on. Um, I appreciate known, you. I, oh, no problem. I've known Shannon for a very long time. Um, this story is quite funny how me and Shannon actually met. She's originally from, I think, Cincinnati, right? Yes. And before she moved to the state of Delaware, or when she moved to the state of Delaware, um, she came to our elementary school. And I remember vividly 
remember her the first time she came, we heard this accent. I'm like, why she talk like that? And I remember her saying one of the words that they say in Ohio, instead of soda, they say pop. And I was uh, like, why is she saying the word pop <laughs> instead of soda? And, you know, we used to joke about that. But last thing I'm going to say that's funny about her is that she was an awesome football player, y'all. At recess, she was again. on my team. I don't know if she remembers that, but she was always on my team because she got the moves in the holiness dress. She was <laughs> and she was fast, y'all. So I, I I loved having her on my team. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> Funny story, times, right? Man. Those were good times. <laughs> so I'm I'm definitely glad to have you on today. Um, we're going to get right into it. Um, and really dive into some some deep and serious questions that I have for you. Um. Is there anything you want to say to the people right now? First, no, I just appreciate you having me here, man. I, I This is like an odd honor <laughs> um, because like you said, we kind of came full circle and I just would have never seen this. Um, but I appreciate you having me because I think this is going to be litty. So um, I'm excited. I'm excited. All right. So one of the first questions uh, I wanted to ask you um, was just give us a little bit of background about who you are. Tell us a little bit more about yourself. I guess beyond what you already kind of read in the introduction, um, if I put a label on myself, um, I guess I, I label myself as a millennial educator. Um, I'm somebody who's definitely passionate about people. Um, I, I consider myself a creative as well as an intellectual, but those things push me to just kind of be a lover of all things, means, meaning, um, I try to find something beautiful in everything. And um, that also moves me to kind of just be an, an unapologetic Christian. So, I mean, if that's me in a nutshell, right? That's, that's, that's who I am in a nutshell, beyond just being an educator um, and somebody who works in the public school system. Um, I, I'm interested in a lot of different things and in everything I do, I put my 100% in it. So that's just me, I guess, truncated, the truncated version. <laughs> Oh, wow, wow. And that's, I think, and that's I, a, I think I'm still a beast at football, too. I, I haven't been out there in a while, but... <laughs> we might got to put you out there. Look, we don't right. know what you heard. <laughs> so, in talking about that, let's talk a little bit more um, about your business. Can you, can you tell the people sure. about that? Yeah, um, so the business is Kinky Curly Couture, okay? I'm going to say that again because people get lost. Kinky Curly Couture, and it's spelled the normal way. Um, but Kinky Curly Couture is not just for, it's a hair company, but it's not just for uh, females, it's not just for males, it's not just for people who have straight hair, relaxed hair. It's a, a large hair company um, that not only do I sell like premium hair extensions, but education is big because that's who I am. Um, so I teach about hair loss um, and as a hair loss practitioner about how you can actually grow, like you said, if those edges are gone, Okay, I'm there to help. All right, if you're balding, male pattern baldness, I'm there to help. All of those, um, those things that we do joke about is, I guess, it's not that funny, but <laughs> those things we do joke about. Um, I have my certification in that area, so um, education is really, really big. I feel like we got a lot of practices that we have in the black community, um, and you know, we like looking good. We really do. Hair is big for for black females and males. Hair is big for us. And it means a lot to us, but we have some practices that are pretty, if we can be honest, just pretty much detrimental. We looking good, but um, we're bald. Or we're looking good, but we are putting a lot of different chemicals um, in us. So 
Kinky Curly Couture is dedicated, one, to just educating people and empowering people on how to, one, have better practices, two, really on how you can restore your actual hair and for protective styling, which is those premium bundles that you can get from me. Um, and everything's all good stuff. Uh, no chemically processed hair, everything there, just so that you won't have to suffer the embarrassment of the regrowth process. So I'm super, I'm super juiced about Kinky Curly Tour. We're new, um, but I'm telling you, we're the real deal. We're, we're new, but we're the real deal. And um, as I'm establishing my brand, um, I'm, I'm hoping to gain trust with different people. And I'm hooking up with a lot of dope females and a lot of um, different cosmetologists, people that are professionals. I think that's super important today because a lot of people call themselves experts on everything. Uh -huh. You know how YouTube is. They, they All they got to do is get a YouTube channel, a mic, and some cameras, and everybody's an expert on everything that they have not put any type of education, internship, apprenticeship in. Um, and I'm not knocking the fact that people are, you know, taking these risks, but Kinky Curly Tour has um, made sure that the research and the education behind what we do is put out there and that it's, it's trustworthy, it's credible. Um, so when people invest in KCC, they feel like, you know what, I'm doing the right thing. I'm doing the right thing. I'm, I'm going to take care of myself because I'm, I'm doing it right. So. And that's, and that's awesome to hear you say that because that's one of my pet peeves. Um, yeah. Myself being a business coach slash life coach is trying to work with people. And sometimes, you know, your business can be blocked because people have had, excuse me, so many bad experiences with other businesses on them claiming to be professionals. And like right. I said, they just have a mic and, you know, a social media page and are calling themselves the professionals, but they're not. So I think you pointed out a lot of good points, um, especially the hair thing. That is the, that is the billion trillion dollar industry right now. Yeah, it is. You're on the right um, trajectory in that area. So let's talk a little bit about um, ministry, right? Um, this is, this is a, uh, I'm really excited to get into this conversation because like I said, before I even knew about Christ, um, I'm, as I'm in Christ now, I, I knew back then you were saved because I remember you talking about your church. So to see that you're still saved is awesome. So um, how long have you been saved? You know what's funny? I'm going to hit this first. I don't even remember. I guess it just was, just was in me, but I don't remem remember being intentional about telling you about my church. But I guess it's good to just be yourself because I don't even remember this, Lamar. Like, I just don't remember telling you about church, telling you about God. But when it's in you, it's just in you. Um, I've been saved for, it's going to sound like a really long time. I've been saved for about 25 years. <laughs> um and I know that sounds crazy because some of y'all looking like what in the world you look 25 um but um one I'm older than that two um I was saved at a young age so yes I am a few baby and I'm not mad about that I feel like I had a really really um good upbringing meaning I had balance and I was also able to to see the world see life um and really maybe around 16 really get a grasp of what it means to be a, a, a follower of Jesus. You know how you, you grow up in church um, and you see a lot of different stuff and you see good and you see, um, to be honest, when you're a child, you don't really necessarily always notice the not so good. Um, but growing up in church, I had the opportunity to see a lot. Um, but I, I think I was spoiled in regards of I had a good family that, gave me a realistic perspective of what it looks like to walk with Christ. So it's been a while, um, but maybe around 16 is out really, it really got real to me, you know? 
Yeah. So, hey, that's a long time, right? Um, we ain't gonna, I'm not a gonna long time. Right? I'm so old. She's she not that old, but that's that's <laughs> awesome to be saved that long. And then talking about you being saved um, for that long time, is your family in ministry? And if, if so, can you tell us a little bit about what is that like having a family that's in leadership or just being saved, period? Yes, my, um, let me see. Growing up, my parents were... Let me say, I guess evangelists, ministers, they start off as ministers and evangelists and elders. And um, it's so weird because when we moved, and that's when I, I, I met you, when we moved from Cincinnati to Delaware, it was just a church plant and we were just there to help. <laughs> like, it wasn't like we were supposed to come and stay. We were just supposed to be there to help. Okay, we're going to help out some other members with the church plant, you know, we're gonna come up here and it's like, God bless you, we see y'all later, I'm going back to Cincinnati. Um, but I don't know, I guess God had a different plan and we ended up um, being the church that was planted in Delaware. So um, it went from being elders um, and God, God's plan was that my parents, uh, my mother, she's a senior pastor and my father is the bishop of the church. And it's so, um, it's so weird because if you know anything about them, they, they're just, they're dedicated people. Um, they love God, but they don't like <laughs> they don't like attention. If that if that makes sense, like they, it's not they vowing to be in somebody's pulpit, vowing to be somebody's right, um, trying to be somebody. Yeah, trying. But that's just that's what it is today. Everybody will be called prophet, next apostle, prelate, beyond the yeah. the um, suffering chief apostle people. You know, people uh, just now in in 2020. You, you can be three years old and you're a apostle. Just ain't set up not one church and you're a whole apostle. Right. But the way, um, you know, God saw fit to put them in those positions. And um, it's it's a blessing. If I can be honest, um, I think we're in a day and age where everything is church hurt. So a lot of times people are used to just bash, people bashing the church. Like, I, I hate it. Growing, I, I'm, I have to be honest. And I know this is not everybody else's experience. Um, I'm not naive to think that. But I've had, uh, uh, work in a ministry or being in ministry with my family or watching my family in ministry um, has been a beautiful thing. It's definitely almost like um, having a child <laughs> mm -hmm. because you see it's small, you see everything from scratch and then you see how it grows and then there's worry and then there's doubt and there's like is this going to work out and um, then you have to deal with personalities and you know family get on your nerves. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> all right. All of those different things, you know, those nuances in, in just being with my family in ministry or watching my um, family ministry. But if I can be honest, overall, it's been a blessing because I think um, the fact that it's a lot of transparency. Um, you know, we, we're just people. <laughs> we're people. We're God's people. Um, we're, uh, we're ordinary people serve an extraordinary guy. And I know that sounds cliche, but it's, it's real. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, people, people aren't going to be perfect and I can't expect people to be perfect. I'm not going to hold people up as, you know, pastors and, and bishops. I'll hold them to a standard of accountability, but at the end of the day, they hurt too. They, they annoy too. They want to um, body slam church members too. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's, so I feel like it's cool. It really is cool. Um, a lot of victories, a lot of times where you like, oh, wow, dang, I wish this was different. Um, or, but even with all of that there, there's always room for growth. So, I mean, I like it. If I could be honest, my brother, he's an associate pastor too. And, um, and we ourselves, I don't know if that, if that makes us, we're ourselves. Like we're still, 
funny, goofy people. We're still people that enjoy having fun and and um, but we still are people that don't take down. So working in ministry and operating in ministry with my with my family and just you know just watching my family ministry is is man, it's a good thing. It's a good thing when when you make sure God is really the center. It's a good thing. Put yourself put yourself aside and put Him in first. It's it's real. So. And it's and it's awesome to hear you say that because I find a lot of uh, people who were raised in the church and um, they really struggle with, you know, family issues and absolutely yeah. leadership and you know seeing the way some of the uh, patrons, if you will, treat the the leadership in the church and things right. like that, and they get discouraged and they walk away. So it's it's awesome to see the other side or get people to actually see that you know it's not always bad for some people. You know what I mean? And even if you do right. have that experience that does not embody what God has for you, that is just... Right. You know what? I think... Walk away from I, God. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to um, interrupt you. I think that's key, though. Um, like you're saying, you you do see that, you know? But then it's still good to go back to the same idea of people are people. I've had times where, you know, especially as a young person, I remember, Lamar, being... I don't know if you remember this, but you remember Green Tree? Mm-hmm. And uh, my grandmother used to live over there. And we used to have church in that middle space. I think it's our yeah, office now. Yeah, I, re I remember. I went a couple of times. <laughs> I do remember that. The, the we had church in that middle space over there. And I remember, I can't remember how old I was, but I remember being in there. And, um, you know, it was just me and my two brothers, right? And then maybe like a, a little girl um, that would come every once in a while. It was like my little sister. And I remember being a child and just kind of watching and then being uh, like slightly embarrassed because you got people coming in looking through the window and you clapping like, what's that? <laughs> I remember those things. Um, I remember church members and people that come in like, we gonna be here forever. You know, God bless you. I can't, you know, I just love this ministry. And then you watch people like give their whole, you know, uh, make these promises of giving their whole entire life to a ministry. And it's like, Mm -mm, just be quiet just yeah. let God lead you as to where he wants you to go and what he wants you to do and what your place in your season is in that ministry but I remember being younger and having that disappointment so I, I can't speak to that because I'm like you you're the one who said you was gonna be here to support and you're the one so you do take it personal because like I said it's almost like a child you're watching it grow mm -hmm. and then when you feel like hang there's no growth or you feel like somebody it's like somebody talking about your child you like, hold on, time out, time out. My child may not be perfect, but hold on, take your mouth off it. So I, 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 do, I have experienced that disappointment. I've experienced um, the just taking things personal until I got older, like, like you were, like I was saying, and you were saying, whereas like people are people, you know, be great. You want to go, you know, you want to go somewhere or you want to, you may have vow to dedicate your life to the ministry and, and you know supporting people and, and then <laughs> you see and especially in my family we're um they're givers so we we uh we're not the pastors that you know just go in and take 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 that legit will like give give their last um everybody else getting houses why they don't have a house everybody's getting cars why they, that's the type of um you know surrounding i grew up in um watching that and then people turn around and talk about you that's it does hurt it does hurt, but when you mature, and like I said, when you really understand that people are people, then you can heal. You can't hold on to that stuff. You just can't, man. You can't hold on to that stuff. You're going to always be disappointed because people are always going to be infallible. That's who they are. But when you remember that it ain't your ministry, it's God's ministry, 
um, it ain't your church, it's God's church, then you get the mindset like, you know what? I mean, God bless you. you you're gonna be here, we're gonna do this, and we're gonna keep impacting people, or you're gonna, you know, you're gonna just be here and, and talk, and then if you're not here anymore, God bless you. I hope all, I hope you do well, wherever else you go, you know, but it's definitely, I, you know, nowadays, I, I don't take it personal. It's just like, oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, and you pointed out a lot of good points about not taking it personal, especially with yourself being so young. Um, right. Difficult. Do you feel like it's difficult in this day and age to be Christian and be young? I think that's a big question. I think it's difficult to maintain your identity as a young person, period. Um, I don't even want to just say Christian uh, Christianity. This is for people who are saved and not saved. I think it's, it's I think a, a challenge for humanity is to understand who you are and to own who you are. I mean, who God really created you to be and to own that and not to settle for what we want to be. And I think that's what makes it hard to be a Christian or a young person and a Christian, because I think a lot of people try to be what they think everybody else should make them be. I get, um, uh, maybe and now this has nothing to do with being spiritual i think really this is just the way that i was raised my father kind of raised me to want to be different so a lot of times people would do stuff and i didn't want to do it just because everybody else wanted to do it and it could be dumb as like everybody want to wear white sneakers today i'm wearing black because because everybody wear white sneakers and i'm different so um i kind of translated that into and i mean you know, of course there were times where i wanted to do things other people wanted to do but i translated that even into my spiritual walk where i kind of got confident and it takes time and be like, you know what? I don't care. I'm, I'm a Christian. Like I don't care. And I'm owning being a Christian. I want to be proud to be Christian. I think what annoys me and, and it's, I, I don't want to say annoy because maybe that doesn't sound uh, sensitive, but what can bother me sometimes is I feel like it's a challenge because we really want the approval of everybody else, Lamar. And that's for everything. That's just yep. whether I was in church or not, we want the approval of everybody else to make us feel good to make us to make give us the likes we need to give us you know what i mean mm -hmm. to um to boost up our posts and stuff like that so it's hard because we have not accepted who god created us to be i think it's hard because we don't really have pride in who we are so we do so many things that pull us to be like other people and we were never meant to fit in those holes <laughs> we were never uh meant to fit in those shapes in those spaces that we feel like we got to get to. So we do a lot of crazy stuff and we do things that don't look like us and that, that uh, don't really represent us well because we're trying to be something that we weren't ever created to be. And I mean, it's hard. That's hard. That's hard. I think what makes it not hard, um, and this is scripture and that's just, that's just me. And they say a way of a transgressor is hard. When we begin to really just say, Christ, what did you make me to be and help me to own it? then I think it becomes easier. It does. I, after a while, I was like, I don't care what you're doing. I'm, I, I got my own relationship. I'm cool being like my dad, <laughs> my father in heaven. I'm cool being like him. So, you know, it, it can be, it can be hard, but it doesn't, I don't think it has to be if we learn how to, to really um, understand or if we learn to understand our identity in Christ. I definitely agree with you um, myself. I kind of struggle with that coming out of the world. Um, yeah. Just constantly being like a party person, being around so many people. And then, you know, you get in Christ, you really have to, you know, remove yourself from all of that. And right. It can be, you know, for me, it was definitely difficult because sometimes it's just like, dang, I don't got 
a lot of friends no more. You know, like what happened? You know, yeah. I thought maybe if I got to say other people would follow me along and they didn't. And, you know, even being in Christ, you know, it's like, you know, you think you would have a lot of friends because you're in church, but that still doesn't really matter because, you know, you may not just mess with somebody. That's the way God created you. Some, you're not meant to be everybody's, you know, best friend, if you will. That's true. Engage everybody on another level. You know, sometimes it's just a corporate spiritual thing. It's not necessarily uh, a personal thing. Um, you know, so I, I definitely agree with you on that. And in talking about that, um, do you believe that the church is still serving its purpose today? What are your thoughts about that? No. <laughs> That's the true answer. Um, uh -oh. I believe that... To bring the fire. Yeah, I think there's a lot of ministries that, that are. I don't want to say everybody because once again, it goes back to this. We got this, it's this culture right now that's driving me crazy, this bitter church culture. And um, a lot of people don't know that it is actually a wave of new atheism. And because I'm a, I, I'm like maybe a nerd in that regards, I like watching debates and different things like that. So I watch and I, uh, like to engage all different people of like, you know, that don't believe the way I believe and everything. Mm -hmm. um, new atheism is really pushing um, the evil or the evil origin of religion. So a lot of times we don't know that that's kind of seeping into the church. So you got a lot of people like, I'm losing my religion. Y'all mean it's just relationship, but it's no accountability with Christ and your church and your pastors. And um, so that's really popular. So I don't want to jump on the bitter church culture because everybody want to talk about church and what the pastor didn't do and how to just that's annoying to me um but i will say in general i think that there is a a large identity crisis lamar i really think that um the church we just i think i'm gonna include myself because i'm a part of the, the church body i think a lot of us are trying to figure things out i think there's a sect of us trying to say well how do we balance um not condemning people not talking down to people um, but then giving them truth. And then I think there's a sect of people that says, um, well, we just want to get as many people in as we can. And once we get them in, then we can give them the truth. And then I think there's a sect of people that just say, I really could care less about the truth. I just want to kind of build up. And of course, they're not going to admit this, but it's kind of like, I just want to build this up. And it's just a place where it's good vibes and a nice social club and we cool. Um, and I think it's scary because we are really kind of venturing away from really putting Jesus at the center of our ministries. It's just like, you know, we, it, it could go from the most traditional church to the non-traditional church. We're, we go from, uh, we want a whole bunch of power and we, we, we need power, saints, we need power. And it's like, that's true, but we need Jesus because Jesus is the one that gives us power. It's a whole bunch of people that got a whole bunch of power tapping into stuff they ain't supposed to be tapping in because you caught up on the power. Um, you caught up like how the disciples how Jesus told the disciples, he was like, don't be hyped because uh, you can you can cast out devils. Just be glad that your name is in the book of life. That's what you should be hyped about. And I feel like that's where we, in, in that, uh, this, these are the polar opposites, but in that spectrum, people are hype on titles and power. And then on the other spectrum, people are just hype on getting everyone in the house and we're just going to love on them and just make them feel good. And they're missing uh, me. They're missing truth. They're missing the stuff that they're missing justice and love. You know what I mean? So I don't think that, I think we're trying, but I don't think um, we're succeeding. Not, I don't want to say everybody, but I don't think there are a lot of people that are succeeding. Um, and I think that's where uh, it comes in when the scripture says, um, you know, it's going to be people in the days, they're going to be like, didn't I preach in your name? Didn't I cast out demons? Didn't I do this? And then I do that. And he's going to be like, 
I love you, but there was something more necessary. <laughs> That's good, but I didn't ask you that. I, I asked you to do this. So I, I got to say no, man. I know that's a hard truth for us to hear, but I got to say no. I feel like um, we got to get back to the fundamentals. <laughs> I, I definitely agree with you. Um, you know, I know a lot of uh, Christians definitely refer to the book of Acts as like, you know, the beginning church. And that's a good example in that, you know, the, the people really talked about um, one of the, the, the scriptures really talked about how the people literally sold, sold items, you know, they gave right. up they had to see wow. the, rest of the church. And the key to that is they gave it up. God didn't tell them to do that. They saw the value and what the church could do. And I thought that was, you know, uh, a very awesome scripture to, to really get people to see that, you know, Nobody should have to really push you to do anything. Your love for Christ and to see that's true. the blessing or the outcome of the works you're doing through through Christ, that's that's all you really need, right? We don't need the awards, we don't need the, you know, prestige and here's the the the, the first seat in the first row of the pew <laughs> right. and all that other <laughs> foolishness that people the, get caught up the in. The big it's, chair, huh? Right. Just the big chair of just realizing that, you know, hey, I bless you. Nobody don't even have to know. I bless you. I feel good. God saw it. And that's, that's all that really matters. And then yeah. talking about that, um, you know, another question I wanted to ask you, you know, what's, uh, could you, could you give us a little bit of insight on one good experience that you've really had in the church and how, how that experience or lesson, you know, helped you to be in ministry? Mm, just one. No, I'm just one. Um, uh, I would say, at least, because I'm thinking, I, I guess, pretty big. You know what? I'll give one experience. We have really grown as a church after um, just kind of moving in a di different di direction in which God kind of allowed us to do so um, when my father was the bishop of the church and, and my mother as a senior pastor. Um, I think one of the bigger experiences were I felt like we were unleashed and I'm, I'm being a little vague because i guess i'll give those details a different day mm -hmm. um but we were kind of unleashed in a good way to really operate on the, the scale and scope in which god had purposed us to do so and i say that um and to be more specific is when we started doing um we've always done kind of like community different stuff just because our heart is for people it's for people whether we had numbers it's you know how you heard somebody say like we're just preaching the pews no we're not preaching the pews because nobody's in the pews we're gonna get up with two somebody people gotta be there. right somebody gotta be there i don't know what this that's the problem right there you're talking about preaching the pews and no one's there so um we've always been the type of people that is like if you're not coming to us we come to you so i think one of the the bigger things that i really uh enjoyed was once we started growing in it's called the cyud it's community youth unity day and we don't do it anymore at least not right now um but it was this community festival in which we just allowed, um, we kind of hooked up with the charter schools in Wilmington. And um, I don't know if you know Mr. Teron Warren and um, some other things, it was Conscious Connections. And we hooked up with them. And what we did was we were giving a lot of different information to the community. And we went from having this event, we had it in total together about 10 years. But we went from having this event where it was 100 people. We just would go out there pass out different stuff for people, give them free food, like, you know, go to Walmart and, and Acme and stuff and ask for certain donations. We went from having like maybe a hundred people to a thousand people. Um, and mind you, this is with a team of like 10 at first. And then we started getting volunteers and at the most still like 30, 30 people. And I think why that was so big for me is because it really opened up my eyes to see the impact of 
what it looks like to 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 really do ministry like outreach you can't even really call it outreach because that's what we're supposed to do like we're supposed to be outside outside of our doors we're supposed to be unleashed we're supposed to be unplugged we're supposed to be going out to people and talking to people and you know dealing with people and we were able to really establish ourselves in the community with Wilmington um and you know hook up with the mayor and different uh council people but i think that was a a, a big victory for me that was one of the really good experiences because you saw the fruit of all that hard work and all the uh, letters and donations and talking to people and trying to figure stuff out and rework rework and stuff i feel like that was really a victory because it's like you know what hard work payoffs <laughs> you just want to know that sometimes like you putting in all this work you want to know that hard work uh, pays off and it's good to see people where they when they see you they trust you when they see you in the community they know you're not just a church that's just a church but they say you know y'all know y'all real y'all really here for the people so um that's one of the uh, the experiences i really appreciate you know just in being in ministry right and that's that's awesome um you know a lot of churches are not i'm being real a lot of churches are not out in the community you know and that's where jesus was he didn't have necessarily one church that's true. which is where a lot of people put on like we gotta be in the church like you know obviously the church is his bride but jesus went around he ministered to people he blessed them right. whatever they had you know whether it was words or healing or whatever it was jesus made sure he was out there helping the people so that's that's awesome testimony to hear and to hear especially seeing somebody young as yourself in ministry actually out there doing the works um is an awesome thing so you know kudos to you on doing that um, you know, just as a brother in Christ to you, you know, I ask and want to encourage you and your church just to stay encouraged because we need Appreciate people it. out here doing this work. You know, we cannot give up, you know, don't go weary and well doing. We need people to right. on going. So just wanted to encourage you there. And and one of my last questions that I want to ask you, um, now we're going to get a little personal, not too personal, y'all. <laughs> so, but um, that's cool. You, you know, are, you, you are single, correct? Yes, sir. Okay. So, and then talking about that, um, with you being single, can it's a two-part question. How do you handle okay. being single, being saved? And in that, especially going to kind of tie this question to the females who are saved or not <laughs> saved, but how do you handle um, being single um, in ministry? And what are some advice? What is some advice you can actually give to females in ministry about handle being single? That's a, that's a great question. Thank you, Lamar, for asking that. That's a wonderful question. <laughs> um, I think I didn't feel like this beforehand, um, but I think I'm learning this now. Um, you know, just get, as I get getting older, um, singleness actually is a part of my ministry. <laughs> like, singleness is my ministry. And um, so we kind of separate them until you really understand what it means to be single. Um, it needs to be selected or to be set apart. You just think about the actual word single. It's not just just by yourself and lonely because that's what everybody thinks. By yourself, lonely, something wrong with you because you, you're not, you know, because um, you're not married. But singleness is actually a ministry. So with that being at the forefront of my mind or that being, um, you know, something that I'm, I'm learning every day, it keeps me, one, accountable. <laughs> it keeps me accountable. Um, it keeps me accountable because I understand that singleness is my ministry. So I have, I am not just doing whatever I'm doing in ministry is not aimless. Um, I'm also being, I know this sounds like a lot of pressure, but I'm also being watched <laughs> how I carry myself, um, what I do, who I interact with, how I interact. And it's a lot of pressure for females. Um, 
I feel like a lot of men can be messy. Uh, I just, I'm just going to say it. a lot of men can be messy and they can fool around or they can preach and have people hanging all over them and stuff. And, um, you know, it's, they might talk about it, but it is, it isn't, um, you know, people might, might talk about it behind closed doors, but it's not really anything until it's really something. Um, but for females, you automatically call Fluziana. Okay. <laughs> if you, uh, you know, so you got to be really, really careful as a single woman in ministry, the way you, the way you speak, what you do, how you do what you wear. It's just, I mean, that is a, a certain pressure, but, um, Women handle it well. We handle it with grace. I, I think there's a lot of women out here killing the game, um, being single in ministry. I think also um, because I'm understanding that singleness is my ministry um, or a part of my ministry, it keeps me uh, focused and locked in um, because I know that dating is dating takes a lot of energy. Uh, it's not. I've, I've dated people before and and, and preaching and doing th different things and stuff. Um, but it, it really does take, it takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of your emotion. It takes a lot of your time. And because I'm single, um, that's scripture. I have the ability and the time to really put in, um, that the real work, like put in the work. I mean, I, I, I think it's a blessing if I can be honest, <laughs> I don't, I don't necessarily have to, um, and I'm not saying that, you know, it's not a blessing to be married. Y'all know what I'm saying. <laughs> um, I do think it's a blessing that I can really focus in and I can, um, sharpen those skills that and I would probably be uh, pulled dif in different directions otherwise if I was married. So it, it keeps me locked in. It keeps me like focused and, and really pushed um, to do whatever I'm supposed to do, whatever God purposed me to do, because I understand singleness is a part of my ministry. Um, I, I, I will say this. You, it's not that you don't want somebody. Like it's not that you, it's just, you don't have to be lonely. People, let me, let me say this out here for everybody. Just because you're single does not mean that you are lonely, okay? <laughs> Just because mm -hmm. you're single does not mean you're crying in the midnight hour asking the Lord to hold you, okay? I'm blessed and I'm fine. Um, at the same time, it doesn't mean that you you are, I never want to get married and I got blessed. But there are people that are single and, and that are satisfied with Jesus and that's they don't want to get married and that's a blessing too. Um, but you may be in a space and you're single and you're like, you know what? I want to be married. I pray that God, you know, brings what he wants me to have in my life. I have to be cautious being single. You got to in ministry. You got to be cautious because whoever that person is has to be in alignment with what God has called you to do. You got to be in alignment with what God has called them to do. Um, and as a woman, let me say this as a woman, um, I like the way Miles Monroe put it. He said, uh, you know, division is died. It means two, two visions. Um, and then when you submit yourself um, or submission is when it's when you put yourself under the mission. So I do believe that, you know, I'm not saying you abandon you forsake what God called you to do when you're married. But when you're married, <laughs> there is a marrying of visions as well. So, you know, being single is like whoever I'm about to marry, whoever I'm about to entertain, whoever slide into my DM, any, any of that. They have, I have to make sure that that person is aligned with my assignment. And people don't think it's that serious, Lamar. They legit just don't think it's that serious. They're like, well, not cool. I can just, you know, make them come over to Christ or, you know, I can, um, Gnosis. that's fine. They, can, they, they Muslim and then our kids can just figure out what they want to be Muslim or what. That's fine. That's what y'all want to do. That's cool. But because I am who I am, you're going to love 
all of that and you're gonna love that part of me and you're gonna share that with me so i feel like if you're single in ministry and people are trying to you know slide in the dm and everybody trying to shoot their shot you have to be cautious of that like you have to pay attention to you know who you hooking up with even with even with your friends like yeah you got to pay attention to those different things um you want me to hit on this uh i think you asked me something about advice or i, I don't know what you if, i guess if you could give because you shared a lot um so ladies i hope you know because i got a lot of uh you know single uh female christian friends um so and they sometimes they ask me questions and things like that and i'm like you know i can answer from the of course the biblical standpoint but as well right. as male but i can't answer from a female perspective so um i guess if you could just share like what's one thing that you could share for the females that they can do to um let me just be real keep themselves until right. they are, are, yeah. are saved i feel like we're until, oh, i'm sorry not saved let me say until they are married <laughs> right i feel like we're doing ourselves a disservice when we settle um and what i mean by settle is not that like you might find somebody who really is a good dude they look good they smell good that's important <laughs> they're, they're fresh um and they might love love god but when you veer off to do um you know you veer off and put yourself in a position of sin or put yourself in a position where you're tempted with sin then to be honest you we're doing ourselves a disservice because it, it's like <laughs> i'm trying to figure out how to put it it's like you can be the best person you can be but you it, whoever that person is i just i guess i feel like i just gotta that that's what i gotta harp on today whoever that person is is it's not that they're not going to be human Okay, we, when you like somebody or you love somebody, you're gonna be into into that person. You're gonna want to love them, and you're gonna show show them that you love them. Um, if we're being real today, but we do have to understand that we really, first of all, ultimately we belong to Christ. Period. <laughs> ultimately, we belong we belong to Him, and He wants the best for us. So, when we uh, tempt ourselves and put ourselves in stupid positions, like go to people's houses. <laughs> mm -hmm. or we put ourselves in super positions like um be wives to people that we are not wives to meaning doing things as if we were this person wives and we we acting like we're married and, and we're not right. um we 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 we're set up for less god is like i want to give you all of it i want to give you everything i want you to be able to thrive when y'all actually come together as one so when you do things like sleep with somebody and end up in somebody's bed sheets before before they're uh you know or they, somebody catch your ear one you got to pay attention to who you're talking to because they may not be the right person because yeah yeah they might be tempted but if they're a real man of god they're going to be like mm, i can't <laughs> i can't this is hard i like you you look good <laughs> but i can't um and or it's vice versa meaning you might be like you look good you smell good but i can't um yeah. so you have to take those things into consideration but also um, really paying attention to when you really understand what your your purpose is your your focus and it's harder to be distracted it's harder to be distracted um, it's harder to idolize marriage which I think some single people do um, we've done it before and it might not it might not even be the single's fault sometimes I think it's it sometimes it's the church's fault too <laughs> where marriage is idolized rather than understood as it's a ministry too um, I think that when women really understand what their purpose is, 
and then they understand like you know what i don't have to idolize marriage it's something that i want it's something i desire um that person is something that i want it's something i desire but they are not everything to me then it, it makes it a little easier it just makes it a little easier um you know i'm sure i can get into other details and really but it's kind of like getting your lane and stay in your lane and go hard in it <laughs> I agree. And you pointed out a lot of good, awesome points. So for my ladies on here who are saved or not, in long story short, lock it down until the brother is right and he is for you. And most importantly, he is saved. You deserve it, though. Like, we, women, you deserve that. You deserve, no matter how uh, messed up you think you are, how, like, I don't really got this together, and he, I want to build with him. We got to deal with our, we owe it to ourselves. We owe it to our families. We owe it to our, we owe it to our, our future generations um, to really say, how can I get, be my best self before, I'm not coming as a half, I'm coming as a whole. How can I be my best self? So that when we come together, we complement each other. That's what a power couple is. A power couple ain't somebody who just look good together. A power couple isn't somebody who just both who are just both smart together. A power couple is someone who said you're whole and I'm whole and we're complementing each other. And then our whatever that is that rubs off on other people. So we owe it to ourselves. And these about to say something, something else. These dudes out here, you gotta make sure <laughs> these dudes. Um, you know, actually got something to offer. And then if you don't feel like they have, a, um, you feel like you got to settle, that's because there's something that's missing in you. So you should channel all that energy, female, channel all that energy into yourself. And then you'll say, you know what? I deserve more. I deserve this. I deserve that because that's got what God wants. He set those outlines in the beginning. Just because he got teeth and, um, and nice clothes. And and he but he missing an eyeball. I don't I don't know what are we doing in 2020. We just talking to anything that say they Christian and they're like it don't matter. It doesn't matter. Like we don't settle. We we can't settle. Like we can't settle. We're doing ourselves a disservice if we settle. It's just like when you really get locked in your like you said locked down, but really start to focus on yourself. Then you will know what you deserve. You know what that what God really wants for you. So I say wait. And if you didn't wait, I say stop and, and allow God to really hook you up, restore you, and you're going to be powerful. You're just going to be powerful. Your family's going to be powerful. Your legacy's going to be powerful. Um, you know, don't settle. Oh, wow. Uh, that's, and that's, that's the key word is don't settle. Um, yeah. So, and I like how you also talked about how, like, pretty much you could be redeemed in regards to, like, God was Absolutely. Right? You, can, you can stop. Um, so uh, I'm definitely excited for having you on. This was awesome. I appreciate you know, it. A lot man. of different nuggets, which was like off the chain. Like I'm going to have to go back and watch. You know what I mean? I might use some of this stuff when I'm teaching Bible study at my church or whatever. So I thought you pointed out a lot of good things. Um, is there any last final word that you want to say? I definitely want to give you time to um, just briefly. Um, well, let me say this. Um, again, I appreciate you for being on episode two. Thank you. Thank you. Our show. Um, can you, how can the people reach out to you, you know, about your business, Kinky Couture, you know, yeah. want to come to your church? Like, tell a little bit of people how they can find you. Let's hit the church first. I'm, we're in 3016. <laughs> Governor Prince, um, Wilmington, Delaware, 19802. It's PhD Ministries. The long name is Perfecting Holiness Deliverance Ministries. Um, so that's why we call it PhD Ministries. Um, and man, our church is dope. I just got to say that, period. Like, I'm, I'm not just saying that because my family's in the ministry. I mean, really, my church is dope. It's, it's, 
I don't need no, just come. If you come, I, you, you'll understand why. People come, one thing I'll say that people feel when they come into that church, they always say, man, I, it feels like family here. I feel low. And, I mean, there could be somebody come off the street uh, completely on drugs and they legit like, man, I feel love in here. Because I think that's the, what God's grace PhD ministries with. So come, man, come 3016 Governor Prince, Wilmington, Delaware, Governor Prince Boulevard. Let me add that in there. Wilmington, Delaware, 19802. Um, and uh, the bishop is Joseph a. Howe and the senior pastor, the senior pastor, Rachel Howe. We also have a bishop, Bishop Taikisha Raison. And we just, they dope. It's the realest leadership you can get. Um, What's the time? Like, because we time, you can meet on Sunday. We're out at 3000 North Claymont Street, though, which is right behind um, the church, which is on East Side Charter parking lot. We've been having outside services and they've been crazy. Like, we get people that come into the church. But I don't know how to explain this, but like when people, when these outside services, we maybe have a few people come up at first and then it just gets packed. People just come off the street and they're like, I had this girl that actually the other week, she was like, yo, I just really like your vibe. Like, I don't know what it is. I like your vibe. It's just been, services been crazy and not just because it's fun, but because um, in the midst of all of this chaos and this craziness for this pandemic, God has been really restoring people. People that people kind of count out like, nah, you a misfit, nah, you ain't, you know, people that never even been to church, they, they, they just feel drawn to, drawn, I'm country, they're my country, drawn to the love of God, and they're drawn to, like, the real transformation that he's doing, and he's just healing people, and fixing families, and saving folks, so, I mean, y'all, 3000 North Claymont Street, that's, um, it's really Eastside Charter School parking lot, so that's where we're fellowshipping on Sunday at, uh, 1230, y'all meet us over there, um, it's going to be fun. So um, in terms of my social media, you can find me um, at Shan, the CEO on Meet the Morena. That's M-O-R-E-N-A, Meet the Morena. Meet, meet, meet brown skin. Meet the brown skin. Huh? Um, meet the Morena. You can find me there. Or you can find me for Kinky Curly Couture um, on Instagram as Kinky underscore underscore curly underscore couture let me spell couture i do this every time because people can't spell couture and that's fine okay it's all right c-o-u-t-u-r-e kinky underscore curly underscore couture c-o-u-t-u-r-e um you can find me there and you get a lot of uh, it's cool you'll learn a lot um and i'm myself so it's i'm not i just i guess i'm just don't take life very uh seriously i just you know i'm a happy-go-lucky type of person um you can also find kinky curly couture at kinkycurlycouture.com where you go right there y'all sign up get a subscription and go in so you can get discounts and different things like that and um especially for my men i think a lot of people only think and i said that earlier that kinky curly couture is for females but i've had some men come to me like yo i got some patches in my beard what's going on and i'm like alopecia areata i can i can listen i got you um, where y'all coming in because beard got to get the beard game. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, check us out, y'all. Check, check us out, check us out. You find me and, and you'll learn a lot, you'll get a lot of uh hair inspiration, education. Um, and you can just sign up even if you want to get a, a consultation with me. So, wow, that's awesome. Um, appreciate the woman of God again. It's Michelle. I appreciate House. you, Lamar. Lamar. Thank you, Lamar. Show, I appreciate you for having you on. This is episode two, Young Five and Save. Y'all know how to find her for my fellas. She is single, so if you save, you better come right, y'all. Come with come it, come. <laughs> gotta come with it. I'm right, y'all. So, I appreciate you for having me on again. This is the Marty Mar Show, episode two. We out. Thank you.